Welcome to episode 40 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we are going to do our first character spotlight. We're going to start with Moon Knight. We're going to start and focus on uh, breaking down Moon Knight through the decades, how he was written and who's drawn, and take a look at the uh, way some of the different creative teams tackled Moon Knight. Um, so this is a slight spoiler from Moon Knight as we, we talk about these series. Um, we may touch on some plot points, um, and in some of our images, we may, uh, we, may, uh, we may spoil some things. So this is Matt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Noah. Hey there. So Noah, um, why don't you lead us off with some of your thoughts on Moon Knight, uh, you know, the character, some of the creative teams, and uh, I guess maybe like how the creative teams uh, tackle Mark Spector and his uh, multiple personalities. Yeah, I think Moon Knight's one of those underrated characters. He's probably becoming one of my all-time favorites in the last couple of years, mainly because of the Lemire run, and then also recently uh, Max Bemis and uh, Jason Burroughs' run on Moon Knight has been incredible. Uh, I think, you know, you have a, a character that sort of gives the, the writer a lot of freedom to experiment with styles um, and uh, to mess with sort of surreal uh, comic art. And I think... From what I can tell, that's sort of how it's been since the beginning. He's sort of always been a character that just sticks around and no one knows why. Excuse me. And uh, he's always been that character that's sort of like, maybe at some points people tried to make him the DC's Batman, but like he's too nuts for that. Like he's he's just too insane for him to be anything but just sort of a, like a real vehicle for comic artists to experiment under a big title like Marvel. Um, but that's my thoughts on Moon Knight. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, sort of like uh, thinking of, uh, like with the writer's perspective, you, there's a lot that you can play with, with uh, what's real, what's not real. Um, uh, you, you know, you can you can set up a lot of cliffhangers um, um, and, and play with, with the multiple personalities. So that uh, that brings a lot of different aspects to it. And, you know, as we discuss this, I think we'll, we'll see that. So I think, um, you know, that's, you know, like I said, thinking about it like as a writer would, that's a lot of like the 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 intrigue that the character brings. Yeah, definitely. And um the artists and writers it seems on it just have fun writing the character. Because with Moon Knight, he's insane, which means you know, Deadpool can be self self-referential and stuff like that, but he still exists within the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. Especially in the Lemire and Smallwood run, like they push the character to new levels of like time and space where like at times his, his mental illness transcends all of that. And it's, it's incredible. It's, it's like Alan Moore writing, but it's like the Alan Moore character of the Marvel universe where the character can just travel and break all the rules of comic book writing and everything like that. And you can have things where like you, on the Lemire run, and then most recently on the Bemis run, you can switch between art styles and it matches with what the story is. So Moon Knight's personalities can be represented by different artists and their different styles. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and a uh, unique take was the Brian Michael Bendis um, Aleve, where he, uh, you know, he's set something up and then sort of at the end of the the first issue um revealed that uh, none of that stuff was was really true so that was that was a different uh 
that was a different take on it because like some of the other writers that you were talking with, um, you know, Lemire uh, would play with, uh, you know, this is happening, but right. this is this is really crazy. Like, is this really happening or is this a figment of his imagination? Um, with the right. Bendis run, he, you know, he didn't really introduce anything that was out of the realm of possibility. It seemed like a straightforward, almost like detective story. Um, but then he had the reveal. And again, we, we mentioned spoilers. Um, you know, in the in the Bendis run, he was teamed up with Cap, Wolverine, and Spider-Man. Um, and you get to that last page, I believe on the first issue, where he's talking to those guys and you sort of pan back and they're not there. So yeah. he, had, he had been hallucinating. So that was, that was, that was a different way to, to approach the, uh, um, you know, is this really happening? It, he, he uh, Brian Michael Bendis didn't present it like anything that was, was out of the ordinary and then sort of hit you with a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a trick at the end. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And there's, there's been a lot of reveals like that now with um, even the most recent run with Max Bemis, he would have like multiple reveals of that throughout all of these different issues um, where he would have a, at least at the end of each issue, he would have a new twist of like, you thought this was real, but now, yeah, like psych, it was fake the whole time, that kind of thing. Or uh, with him being a multiple personality, uh, character with like you know multiple identities you know that makes him unpredictable and it makes each of his personalities unpredictable mm -hmm. so adding that variable into it and even in the Bendis run where one of his personalities is Wolverine and one of them is Captain America and one of them is Spider-Man he, he's unpredictable as well so that's something that's been cool in most recent years where it's like there's this unpredictability with his that's inherent in his character and the writers really use that to the advantage of like he doesn't know what all his personalities are up to all the time. Mm -hmm. And then therefore we, as you know, the audience and readers don't know either, which is really cool. Yeah. So um, let's, uh, let's move into uh, a little bit more into, to some of the, the art styles and uh, the choices made by, by these creative teams. Um, early on in the seventies, uh, uh, he, he appears in August of 1975 um, in Werewolf by Night, uh, number 32. Um, I don't know a lot about uh, the Werewolf by Night run, but uh, that's where he got to start. Yeah, and I, I haven't read much of the original stuff. I've read some of the Sienkiewicz run, um, and I'll pull up some images here really quick. Um, the... What what I realized is that basically it's sort of, he's sort of like Wolverine in that way, where he was supposed to be sort of a, a throwaway character. And um, then eventually it turned into something where people were like, oh, this guy is actually something people want to read more about. And um, then, uh, you know, then he got into like having his own backup story, his own B story and certain things. And then you know, from then on, he's just sort of been one of those characters that just has hang on to a, you know, a series by the skin of his teeth or has had like years where he doesn't have a series or anything like that. Um, what's, uh, if I can get up my screen share to start working here, I can pull up some cool images done by the original artist. You can see from the beginning that they always tried to go for some surreal, um, 
some surreal uh, imagery always from the beginning. Can you see my screen, Matt? Yeah, you're, you're up. Okay, great. Uh, what's, what's cool about, yeah, like from the beginning, you always had these crazy visual styles. Can you see this right here? Yeah, that's the big screen. Yeah. Great. So from the beginning, you've always had these like really accentuated, cartoony looking characters that even some Pevitz went on to uh, like further have in his comics. So mm -hmm. you have these like, you know, of course the Marvel method, but like the really dynamic, but there's even something to go like a step further with Moon Knight where his like proportions and his poses are even more outlandish and ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be something that's been around since the beginning. Also from the beginning, you've had a very, you know, very consistent uh, costume design with the hood and the suit, even to the gauntlets and the, and the, and the boots and his, um, and his like Moon Knight uh, batarangs, I guess. Um, what I like about this work is also that um, the inks are very like, you know, there's high contrast inks, which is very, um, very common to the Marvel time period, you know, where mm -hmm. there wasn't too much distinguishing between the blacks on something that's white as the blacks that's something that's brown, you know? And later in the series, you get into more of that, of like how different artists play with that character that's mostly white. How do they draw him? Um, how do they draw shadows on him that make him stand out? Because his, his costume is something of a mystery as to how it works in light and whatnot. Um, but I've always liked how to see how different artists make him work in a cool design sort of way. Uh, I love this panel right here where he announces himself and it's just, just black and white. There's no mid-tones really or anything like that. It's just solid black and white. And Greg Smallwood does that to some extent later in his books as well, where it's just just pure white, pure black, that kind of thing. And there might be some gradients, but it's just black and white. Yeah, I love those designs. Yeah, so what I'm really noticing here is is that they they put him in a lot more shadow um, yeah. here than they do, say, like with the, uh, the Declan Chalvey art where he's, you know, he's, he's white and he almost like pops out of the page uh, that he's yeah. so out of place. But here they, they, they do do a lot to, to sort of mask that all white uniform uh, in shadow. Yeah, they render him a lot more in the cover, which I don't like as much as what they do later with him. But on that panel, he definitely pops as being just straight black and white. Not like that. It looks like it's recolored maybe for a different collection. So I'd like to find maybe an original print to see how they handled Moon Knight. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's cool to see like maybe his like his roots. Now, this is um, the Sienkiewicz stuff. So this was Werewolf by Night. First page is Werewolf by Night where he first showed up. Okay. And he was in two issues of that at the beginning where he was hired by a, an agency to kill the werewolf. But then by the end, um, him and the werewolf team up to fight the committee uh, that hired him to, to kill the werewolf. Then very, he went on to have a B story in the Hulk. That's, uh, that's kind of cool. That's a very classic, uh, you know, Bronze Age uh, Marvel to have two, two heroes. Um, I mean, and at this point, they probably didn't have them set up as a hero, but you had that, uh, you know, two characters meeting, um, fighting, then joining forces, which is, you know, a trope that we'll see, we'll see a lot in, in Marvel comics. And it's very common to the age because like Wolverine was that way. Punisher was that way. Um, you know, a lot of Marvel characters who were of like at one point, oh, Black Widow was that way, you know, 
characters that were sort of villains, you know, eventually become heroes of their own stories if they have a novel enough background. And from what I understand, in The Werewolf by Night, he was just Mark Spector, the Moon Knight. Okay. When it got into the Hulk, they started introducing all the different personalities, like um, like Jake and um, Stephen Grant. All those characters were introduced in this run with Bill Sienkiewicz on pencils and inks. And here you can still see the like very dramatic poses that are very common with Sienkiewicz's work. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he colored these panels on the side here, these three, but they look very colored. They look colored by Sienkiewicz as well. Um, here you start to get into maybe like, you know, finding interesting ways to render Moon Knight. I like how he blends into the sky with the moon in the background. Yeah. Um, and then even on this, this page with the, the intro splash with the title, he like, yeah, he blends into the sky with the shadows being the stars. And that, I think that goes to show again, like how artists can really be creative with how they draw the costume. It's kind of like Batman in a way where, you know, they artists experiment with how Batman silhouettes when the bats like, you know, in a, in a bat shape. And this one, it's more like how he blends into the night and how he blends in with the moon and whatnot. Um, Yeah. Yeah, uh, the 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 image, the smaller image that's uh, to the left, I uh, it's interesting um, here. It really looks like uh, the 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 white um, costume is is reflecting the the sort of the the twilight or or the moonlight yeah. that that it's hitting. So that's that's another interesting take on how to deal with a guy running around in a in an all white costume at night. How he's able to sneak up on people. Yeah, I. I don't think he's ever been really a stealth character. That's something that I don't think people have ever made him. He's an investigator, but he doesn't really like like to sneak up on people. He's sort of a, a bare-knuckle brawler. Unlike Batman, who blends in at night, Moon Knight really isn't looking to do that. He's a, he's a brawler more than he is like a, a sneaker or anything like that. Like He's sort of the guy that everybody's afraid of because they don't know whether he's super-powered or not. Mm-hmm. And even he doesn't know if he's super-powered or not. Um, but there's just so much supernatural stuff going on around him. Uh, this is more Sienkiewicz stuff, very dramatic. I think in this series, you can really see Sienkiewicz coming into his style as well. Um, sort of moving away from the more Neil Adams, uh, John Byrne way of penciling and inking, which mm-hmm. those guys were his contemporaries and moving into more of his elongated, very dramatic anatomy that he uses later in his career, like on Electra or New Mutants even. Yeah. Um, which is really cool to see. This is still Hulk stuff, but you can sort of see Sienkiewicz's style coming out and becoming more prevalent as it goes through. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, this is definitely more um, what what people would expect from comic book art. And then definitely, as you said, when he goes to that Electra and that New Mutants, he gets very, very experimental there. Yeah, and you can see that I have on the spreadsheet one of our favorite Sienkiewicz pages ever, which is his nine-panel mm-hmm. uh, grid page of Moon Knight, which is probably one of the greatest pages of this era. It's just so well well done. Excuse me. Very revolutionary for the time. I like this, uh, the right page right here. You know, it's very classic Marvel, you know, showing off his different things. But what's cool is, is that uh, maybe with the exception of the Bendis run where he has all the weapons of Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Captain America, they've pretty much stuck to the same arsenal throughout the ages. It's just the grappling hook, the baton, and the throwing moons, you know? 
That's which those those you know there's always the hey he's he's a poor man's batman but those yeah. those are those yeah. are very those are very uh those are very batman esque uh tools i guess with the, maybe the 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 baton leading more to to a daredevil but uh the right. uh, you know the the grappling hook and not a batarang but but a boomerang uh you know moon shaped those are definitely batman esque uh, yeah what what I like, again, like I said, though, he's way more crazy than Batman is and way more like he may be super powered. That's sort of what the great thing about Moon Knight is, is that he might be super strong or super fast, but just nobody knows. You know, that's the thing. And he doesn't even know. He's just really good at crime fighting. Yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, there's a good uh, Sienkiewicz. Okay, let me. There's the color of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very Sienkiewicz right there um beautiful pose but again very weird weirdly shaped <laughs> kind of thing you know like it does it looks a correct but there's just something off about it you know and i think that's Kevin's at its best but also the buildings not being straight mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh i guess you could say grit to these pages you know uh there's a lot of texture like the thin lines on the inks are just beautiful you know he's got this is Sinkevitz to the max right here. Yeah, and is this a uh, this is a two page splash? If I'm looking at yeah. this correctly, and this, yep. this is definitely you know we we've we've done a lot of page breakdown, but this is definitely a uh, you know a left to right uh, lead your eye uh, splash page here. Yeah, very straightforward, very clear composition. Sinkevitz, though, whenever we do an episode on him, he's one of the masters of page layouts, uh, yeah. especially in Electra just amazing what he does with that story, especially with how confusing it is. How easy it is to read is amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, very well done composition. Here are the inks of the double page uh, spread. It's, you know, beautiful silhouettes. I love the shadows against the, the back building right here. I love this. Love his spackles of, you know, of ink right here. It's adding to the atmosphere of the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, so, this is him. So with uh, and we did a uh, looking at these inks, and we did a creator spotlight on on uh, Sean Murphy. You know, if yeah. these bu- if these buildings were straight up and down, a little bit darker, um, that could definitely be a, a Murphy background. You can definitely see where Murphy took from Sh- Sinkevitz in this page. Yeah, especially with yeah composition and shadow wise, and also like you said, texture and using the inks and the brush almost as like a, as like a painter would. And um, it's beautiful. So let me ask you an art question. And I'm not sure if you have the answer to this, but sort of like uh, this window towards the right um, where we have like heavy, like flex of something like in the distance right here. Yeah. Is that him just sort of like taking the, taking the nib and just sort of like uh, tapping it over top of it to, to get that? Do you think? Probably, or like a, you know, like how everybody uses toothbrushes. I use like an eyedropper and it works great. You know, I I love using eyedroppers. It's a little less messy, a little more controlled. Um, But I, yeah, I've seen people use brushes. When we were at Heroes Con watching, um, oh, what's his name? Do the Jack Sparrow painting. Uh, Tony Moore. Tony Moore do his Jack Sparrow. He was using toothbrushes and brush spackles to get those, those nice little flecks to add, uh, yeah, to add atmosphere to the pa- the painting, I wouldn't be surprised if he's doing that. Now, he does it a lot on um, Electra as well. 
cool. It's a cool splash. I think this is probably from one of the first issues right here. Um, again, maybe more classic, probably belonged a little earlier, but this is uh, Sienkiewicz's opening classic Marvel layout. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, this is, this. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's all I was going to say. Yeah, this is, you know, this is your awesome sort of uh, 80s, uh, I'm assuming this is 80s, just that sort of initial splash. Yeah. They, they all started off with a splash page, which was like this like, almost movie poster-esque like image with uh some text to, to to drop you in right right here so you know um you know this you know we we, we have a we have a battle um in the for you know for, uh foreground we got some riders coming in the midground they're almost coming out of like uh like a you know a rising or a setting sun and then you know we have you know, streaks of light and moonlight like coming down. So this is, this is, this is pretty awesome. And, uh, very, very much what you would get on the, on the first page of a eighties Marvel comic. Oftentimes more than not, they're better than the actual covers themselves. Yeah. And yeah, this is the origin of Mark Spector is what this is setting up with him being a mercenary Okay. in the middle East, which has been consistent throughout. They've never changed that, uh, throughout, all of Moon Knight lore, at least what I've read, they've never changed that. He's always been a mercenary, started out in the Middle East, and that's where he ended up at the at the foot of Khonshu's um, statue, where he was brought back to life. Um, here's some great pencils and inks, I think, from, from uh, Sienkiewicz, just to show also something that's consistent with Moon Knight is how awesome the action is. It's always been for his... 30, uh, 30 some years mm-hmm. of doing it. Um, now I'm guessing over 40 years actually, because he, he first arrived in 1975, but he's always had cool action sequences. And Sienkiewicz I think is, is integral in that because Sienkiewicz knew how to drew, draw action. And, you know, it's, it's something that's continued on even to the most recent run where there's, they get good artists to draw really good action throughout it all. So it'll have mind bending artwork but it'll also have really clear really well drawn action sequences and these pages are so well composed they move really well there's a lot of panels but it doesn't slow the story down it's just it's just cool yeah i mean the the we've talked about like how you can um slow down the story or, or speed up the story by the 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 size of the panel so you you know um this this top third you know you get uh three very quick um that's the the second row that towards the right you get like three very like bang bam, bang bam, bang bam. Yep. yeah yeah so, sequential stuff heavy hitting and then that impact you know really love that that he takes he rewrites a panel just to focus on the impact itself but it's such a big impact that it breaks the panel that's awesome yeah and so yeah uh, uh, this this is again where um i'm uh, I don't want to be a person to, to, to question, um, you know, sort of like a, a master of this, but if we look at this last panel, um, where the, 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 the monster is slashing at Moon Knight, um, it's sort of slashing, um, uh, left to right. I wonder if, again just my suggestion it would have i wonder if you know the slash going the other way to lead you to the to the right bottom panel would have been a better choice but again that's just a suggestion on my part yeah i don't know because then but the thing is is that moon knight is in the foreground and his movement to the right leads you off the page 
So I don't think there's any right answer because like if he was, if the monster was slashing left, mm-hmm. um, Moon Knight has to move to the right and lead you off the page. But if he, if the monster was slashing left, uh, Moon Knight would have to be moving, I'm sorry, slashing right. Moon Knight would have to be moving left, which might also lead you off the page. Okay, I think it's a yeah. difficult angle to pull off. Yeah, I, I see it now. I see what you're yeah. saying. Like he's on, Moon Knight is in the foreground and he's almost falling at us and towards that, to that edge of the page. So I, I yeah, I can see that as well. I think the second page just has the wonky, uh, the wonky composition with this top panel. Cause that one is definitely moving right to left and off uh, the page. True. And it doesn't like, unless, unless you have this line leading you in, or maybe you're doing this, but even then this leads you right off, you know? Um, and you, this, this has a lot of things going a lot of different places. It kind of stops me when I look at this panel. Um, so, it's a cool pose, but it's, it, it, it's got weird composition for me. Yeah, so is this the, the page that follows the, 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 the inked page that we see here? Or no, it, it's, okay. it's a different issue altogether. Yeah, okay. um, we'll get on to this one now, though. This one just being perfect. Like, oh my gosh, where to even start with this one, right? <laughs> like... It's amazing. Yeah, this is sort of, uh, <laughs> it, looking at it now, this is like a page that uh, could just sort of continue um, forever, forever and ever. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, it would have been interesting to just, uh, I don't think that they would do it, but imagine if they did like a 22-page uh, uh, comic where it was just these guys shooting at uh, Moon Knight as, as he dodges. and, and then, <laughs> Yeah. They never, they never, they never change the angle of their of their attack. But no, this is an awesome page. So but I'm gonna this is just one here. guy in the middle here, though. Oh, that's okay. what's that's what's. I've read the whole issue. It's just one guy. Okay. That's what's cool. That's what's so interesting about it is that Sinkevitz takes a panel, and sometimes he bleeds over in to show each movement of this, you know, and it shows the space of him getting closer to the camera because it's a downward angle. But this is just the one guy moving around in the center panel and it works. That's the yeah. thing is that it like, it's a really cool choice and it works. Um, and then having these sound effects going around it as well. This is something I would love if I could find a print of it, just frame it on my wall. I would, this is just such a beautiful page. Yeah. And, and now that I'm looking at it um, as we go sort of in that, uh, that, that motion um, you know, he's, he's breaking the panel on on all the panels until he stops um and uh let's see as we go like what would be i guess six o'clock um that's when the guy gets off his his last shot and then when we're sort of at that seven to eight o'clock um uh on the on the clock face this this bottom left panel uh he stops shooting because he's he's lost sight of him and then uh nine o'clock on the clock face as Moon Knight has sort of reached his, his perch and is out of mostly out of view. He, he stops shooting. So, um, you know, you, you get the, you, you know, you get the rapid shooting around the last shot, the sort of where did he go? And then sort of like the, the red, the resignation of, I don't even know where he is anymore as, as you go right. around there. Yeah. It's, it's a perfect page. Uh, you don't see top down enough in comics. I don't think. But when you do, because it's hard to do, mm-hmm. but when it's done well, it's done really well. And uh, this one is done really well. And I think it just sort of exemplifies 
Moon Knight in comics being sort of a great action comic. Yeah. So here we're skipping ahead a couple decades. I don't have much from the 90s or the 80s. Um, This is from 2006. This is David Finch's artwork. And uh, David Finch is a product of the 90s, of course, you know, of the Jim Lee, the McFarlane, the Liefeld era image stuff. So he follows along with that sort of sensibility. But I like this Moon Knight. He's still got some weird stuff going on, like very Mm -hmm. surreal, like dark stuff. But I can't help but feel like it's sort of an audition for Batman or just Batman diet in this comic, you know? Yeah, this could barely, very easily, uh, you could very easily switch out Moon Knight for, for Spawn there in the middle. Yes. And, yeah. and barely anything would change. And he's getting a little, he's getting a little Taskmaster-esque with the, right. with the peak of the, 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 uh, the hood up top there. Funny you mentioned Taskmaster because then right there, okay. that's, Pretty obviously, that's, I think Moon Knight fights Taskmaster in this series. Or I think that might be Moon Knight, actually. No, I think it's Taskmaster. No, yeah, he's, he's definitely more skeletal, skeletal yeah. in the face. Yeah, uh, and the sword uh, uh, would, yeah, so. Yeah, so Taskmaster, he's got the T on his belt, duh. Uh, but yeah, so Taskmaster uh, does fight Moon Knight in this series. And... Um, so it's got, to, I, I have not read this series, but I do love this artwork because I like David Finch a lot. Oh, He's yeah. He's got so many lines on all his pages. And it's, I think he, I think the spawn capes kind of work to the benefit of this, this art because it's very surreal. Uh, but then within the book as well, like this is, like he, he, the cape flowiness is very, uh, um, is very like it moves with like how it fits with Moon Knight's thematic shapes and stuff like that. Cause Moon Knight's very theatric theatrical with how his, his silhouette works, mm-hmm. you know? So it makes sense for his cape really not to obey any laws of physics. Um, and just to sort of move on its own volition. And it seems like Taskmasters does the same here, which adds a very dreamlike surreal quality to the artwork. Um, very hyper details. Like look at this, the lines coming off of it right here. Yeah, at the top of the corner, like he had to draw in all those white lines on top of all this glass shattering as well. It's it's a nightmare uh, to think about drawing all that. Um, yeah, but I I like this artwork still, um, especially this right here. I like this. I like the colors on this. This this looks almost like uh, um, uh, not Ponsor, but one of those guys, you know doing the the colors on it and he does a good job of uh contrasting spidey and and uh and moon knight i was about to call him spawn because i still got spawn in my mind but yeah it's uh you know i i think it's okay what do you what is your opinion on david finch's take on moon knight as a character uh i like it um i you know, it's 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 hard to be critical of it and say it's a product of 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 its time. But you know, uh, you know, you're you're influenced by by what you're seeing, and and right. you don't know how much of a mandate might have been coming down that hey, you know, this stuff is this stuff is selling. Um, let's let's you know let's let's do this. Um, what is interesting here, and we've talked about um sort of the white uh the the blue he's he's very he's very much gray here um um so um it's it's another way you know he's he's street level here 
um, which he he can he can be a you know a street level um, hero. So he's 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 grim and gritty. He 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 blends into the sort of the alleyway that that they have here. So again, it's yeah. another it's another color choice with that uh, white uh, mostly white uh, uh, uniform. Yeah, and I, I guess I'm not, I don't know much about this series. I'm interested to find it and pick it up and read it because I, I am interesting. And now we're going to jump ahead again. Okay. Uh, I think Mark Guggenheim may have written Moon Knight at one point before Bendis even did. Um, or maybe I'm getting mixed up with someone else. I don't know. Uh, then now we're into the Bendis Maliv run where okay. this is, I think, the first issue where Moon Knight is, you think Moon Knight's teamed up with Cap Wolverine and Spider-Man in Los Angeles to fight uh, Bullseye and some weapons dealers, yeah. and uh, then you find out that they're they they've become his his a new alternate personalities. Uh, this one I think was this is sort of my earliest like full run of Moon Knight that I've read, mm-hmm. which isn't saying much about I love the character, but this is as far back as I go. Uh, and uh, he here. I mean, is, is, is nuts, you know, and this book really plays with the confines of reality. The whole time they're filming a movie about Mark Spector's life as the backdrop of this mm-hmm. movie, of this series. So it's always going back and forth as like, you don't know what's really happened or what, this is your intro to Moon Knight. You don't know what's true about him. Uh, you just know he's crazy. And uh, it's a great book. It's really sad too. It's surprisingly sad, surprisingly dark, but at the same time, surprisingly funny as well at times. I mean, they really play up the comedy with, with Cap, Wolverine, and Spider Man. Yeah, this is this is interesting. Looking at this, I I read this, but I haven't revisited it in a while. And uh, uh, this this art style by Malieve is um, not quite as painterly as as he has now. This is almost like a, a combination of Malieve and. Um, uh, Linnell Francis Yu um, yeah. put together here, so this this is this is cool to to revisit. Yeah, but it's also got that blockiness that I really like that Malib does really well, mm-hmm. where everything feels very sharp and uh, and it still has some painterly qualities to it, but it almost reminds me of later Sinkevitz stuff. You know, not not what we were looking at with Moon Knight before, but this sort of seems very inspired by like. New Mutants, Electra, Thirty Days of Night, sort of Sinkevitz things. Um, yeah, this is this is like this is some pretty cool stuff. Um, here's some more Moon Knight centric stuff from that series. Of course, Wolverine's in the top, but Moon Knight's always battling with uh, his different personalities, trying to compromise his morality. So mm-hmm. he can be the character that's uh, like you know I'll never kill, and then in the next issue he'll be like just killing people. Uh, or criminals, I mean, not just people, but, you know, criminals. Yeah. And this book is all about that, too. He has three personalities. He has the three superheroes, basically, with all three different moral moral codes. And Wolverine's the one that's always telling him to kill people. So that's what this first page is about. But it's still got... I think that I thought this was just a great Malieve page, but it's very surreal, where his hood sort of blends into the back of his cape. Um, I like the playing around with the silhouette here you know and i like his hatching sort of the grading of his hatching going into full black as it silhouettes against the moon um i really like that and i love uh i like the pose again it's very it's it's sort of more realistic than what we were seeing with sinkevitz 
Mm -hmm. Um, but I like the design again, the design choices to be more abstract with how his folds work in his cape and how the, the shapes that it creates is pretty great. Um, I also love how the, the buildings in the background are rendered with their cut, with their shadows. It's a, it's a great page. I think, what do you think of it? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I do really, really like it. Um, as you were talking and you, you brought up the really good point of sort of the, uh, the three characters that uh, he thinks that he's working with, um, Cap, Wolverine, and Spider-Man. Definitely Cap and Wolverine would be in like different sides of uh, the spectrum on, on how to handle these questions. Uh, but I'm wondering about the choice of, of Spider-Man um, being the third, uh, just sort of thinking about this as sort of like a creative project, like, cause he's going to be very much at that very close to caps um, way of dealing with it. I wonder if an uh, interesting choice would have been to pick somebody more in the middle. Um, mm. And I'm just trying to think about who that would be like, uh, yeah, I mean, well, there's, yeah. You wouldn't go Punisher because Punisher and Wolverine would just be like, you know, take everybody yeah. out. But I'm just wondering about a, a, a different choice other than Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't know. I, the book is definitely trying to set up the the ego, the super ego and the id, you know, the very Freudian way of like having three different personas inside you. Mm-hmm. Wolverine's the id, Captain America's the super ego and Spider-Man's the ego. So Spider-Man doesn't want cap and wolverine to fight throughout the whole series he's always the moderator trying to get them to stop so he's the ego you know and uh cap is the super ego where he's only good and wolverine's the id where he's just giving into every impulse where he's like yeah and wolverine and and moon knight's really pushed to his limits in this book physically and emotionally mentally morally it's it's like a really intense book throughout the whole thing but with the crazy like hilarious backdrop of him just losing his mind the whole time um yeah okay so i'm actually reversing course i think that uh spider-man is the right choice because he's sort of yeah. uh, he's sort of like the he's sort of like the he's sort of like the soul of the of the of the marvel universe where where cap is cap is sort of like uh the ideal that you would try to achieve uh achieve and and, and live up to where where spider-man is just sort of like like I said, he's the soul. He's like, yeah, just sort of like the the center point of, of everything. So that does make sense. So I, I'm reversing course on my on my earlier statements. I do think that that now talking it through, I think that was that that was the best choice to make. I think so too. He's the heart and soul of the Marvel universe. But you have Cap being sort of like the first Marvel character of the like you know the first Marvel first and best Marvel character of the Silver Age, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have, sorry, you have Cap being the first of the Golden Age, I mean. Yeah. Spider-Man being the best of the Silver Age, and then Wolverine being the best of the Bronze Age. I didn't get that until now. That kind yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so then, this is just a cool page. I thought Maliv playing with the silhouette of the cape to use it as composition in both the first and third panel of this section of this page. Uh, this also works in this has always been the thing is that Moon Knight's never really been that kind of Batman character where he's sometimes not on the side of the law and sometimes he is on the side of the law. For the Mm -hmm. most part, Moon Knight's on the side of the law. Like he's actually, most of the time, like he works pretty in, in like, you know, they bring him in to help with police cases and whatnot. Um, 
this book does that especially. I think there's a little bit of the fugitive narrative where they think maybe he's a murderer, but he works pretty well. Again, you have this great, I think this upper panel is awesome. I like that he doesn't draw the silhouette, like doesn't outline where the hood begins and where the cape ends, you know? Yeah, that that is cool. Splends together. And I like how the cape on the bottom panel just sort of flows in this nice composition and like a nice circular composition, but also leads your eye off the page. Yeah. Just melee of doing multiple things at once. It's really great. Um, now we're moving into Shalvey and Warren Ellis's run, which is surreal to say the least. Definitely. Uh, but this is the best issue of the run where it's just an action sequence throughout the whole thing. And this is where Moon Knight, uh, sort of breaks away from just the stip- the typical costume with the cape and the hood. And he moves into having multiple costumes to fit multiple personas. So he has the classic Moon Knight costume, which a little, with little updates. Then he has, uh, he has the Khonshu costume where he has, he wears the bird skull and stuff like that. Yeah. And then he has Mr. Knight and all of them have different personalities to match his different, uh, you know, different personalities inside of his brain. And Mr. Knight is, is suave at times, but he's also more brutal at other times as well. And especially in this issue. Yeah. And this is, this is what we talked about earlier where he, 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 uh, it, he's very much uh, a figure in white that stands out more yes. where, where he definitely was muted at times, reflecting the, the environment that he was in here. He, he is a stark white contrast against everything. Yeah. Jordi Valeris covers on, colors on this series and then she's colored. I think everything up until the Max Bemis and Jason Burroughs run, mm-hmm. her colors are impeccably beautiful on this series. A lot of, flats which is great just great design elements and it works with Declan Shalvey because he uses washes ink washes and you can see that on Mm -hmm. different characters stuff so there's ink wash rendering these guys where he just decides to go with a simple black and white rendering of Moon Knight which is great Um, the action you know this whole issue um, Shalvey goes for a very simple, nice layout of the pages to keep the action moving along. You could probably read this issue in less than five minutes. It's just so easy to read and it's so much fun. The whole this fight is, sequence. This is the one where it's sort of like a video game where he yes. he, he goes up and each level he he takes on like like a boss battle. Yeah, this was with this was definitely right. definitely a cool issue. Yeah, and this is the the next page. This is the same page, just the rest of it. I, I wanted to highlight it just because I, I could have done the whole issue because I love every bit of it, but I just decided on this one page because it's it's just so great. Um, this book is pretty brutal, I think. Like it gets in, and I think the the one Maliev and uh, Bendis's book is pretty brutal as well, and it kind of gets into the like. Moon Knight isn't Daredevil or even Punisher Dark, but he's up there. Like, you know, he's he's not soft whatsoever with the violence and uh, the dark subject material in these books. Yeah, uh, and I like the, the uh, you know, this is this is the first, when he's striking this guy, this is, well, actually, no, I take it back. Uh, in the, we get the first sort of glimpse of, of his skin in the, in the middle panel and that little break in the glove, and then we, we yeah. see more of it. So it's, it's that's an interesting color and choice to let us know that you know there's there's a person underneath that crazy all white um uniform or not uniform yeah. costume and from here on out um bendis's run more has to deal with how moon knight wants to fight crime 
sort of balancing his craziness. This one is about, he's definitely crazy. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. We definitely don't know what things are real, but we also like, that's sort of maybe actually more of the focus is like, what is real, what's not real and whether like Moon Knight is a god or not, like, or like, you know, part god, like he's sort of Khonshu, one of the personalities in his mind is the Egyptian god telling him that he is one, you know, that he is uh, like, you know, that he is a god, but he doesn't know because he can be injured and stuff like that, and almost killed, but there's a lot more going on that we know about. Um, Warren Ellis wrote the first five issues of Declan Shalvey and then um, Brian Wood and Greg Smallwood did the second five issues. And okay. then uh, I think, uh, let me look at it really quick. Is it, um, is it Lemire afterwards? No, actually then it's, uh, then it's Colin, Colin, Colin Bunn after that. Okay. And um, it's Colin Bunn finishes off that, that 15 issue arc. And then that leads into the Lemire um, yeah, Ron Atkins and um, German Peralta are the next two with Colin Bunn after uh, Brian Wood and um, Greg Smallwood. Then Jeff Lemire starts up. Um, this is some of the other stuff, though, with Shalvey. This is just to contrast with, like, how tight these panels are, mm -hmm. you know? And then Shalvey has this whole issue where it's just surreal, and he's switching between personalities. So he starts off as Mr. Knight. And he switches into Moon Knight personalities and he's going in through this like psyche, this like really like mind trippy, um, you know, like uh, all my like alter altering reality stuff. And uh, you can definitely see also where Warren Ellis and Shelby return to a lot of this stuff and in injection. Um, injection is also very much so laid out like this, where it'll have panels that are very structured like this. And then they'll enter into another realm and they'll be, less structured where the panels will be bleeding over into other panels. And some of the panels won't even be like perfect squares or anything like that or perfectly sized up. And you have all these like angles that are very straight on here, but on the side here, and it's very disorienting. Um, this whole, those whole five issues are very disorienting and just how they switch back and forth the whole time. Okay. Yeah. These, these, these are very cool pages. Yeah. Then, um, uh, some more Shalvey stuff just to show again, maybe his, how he draws Moon Knight to really contrast against the background. Here's him working with the detectives again, pretty close in hand. Um, like, you know, Moon Knight has these great shadows that render him and that make him three dimensional, but not nearly as rendered as the people in the, like, you know, darks, uh, medium grays, you know, and lights where there's a nice gradation, but Moon Knight is very stark in contrast. And also like how Maliev drew him where like certain lines are missing. He just sort of blends into a silhouette. There's a lot of that going on here too. But in a moment where like he's really intense, you can see all these great details coming out of his mask right here. Yeah. It's just a great run. It's got a great, it's got such great art from Shalvey, probably some of his best, if not his best. Uh, love this last panel right here, you know, just furthering that Moon Knight is his own thing. He's his own entity that sort of walks outside of what all is going on. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, that was, uh, you know, he's, he's silhouetted in that last panel, which is, uh, you know, just another way to, to use that where he's all white here, um, uh, just a way to, to, to use that a little differently in that last panel. Yeah, and um, 
what's what's cool about the Mr. Knight persona is that he's more street level. Like he is a street level uh, you know, superhero, but like to really distinguish him from Batman is to have these three personas with the three different costumes that represent not just different fight sequences or whatever, like, you know, Batman will have his ice suit and his fire suit and all that kind of stuff, along with his regular suit. And but this time, you know, it's it's more about street function for Moon Knight, you know. Sometimes if he really has to be theatrical, he'll wear his, you know, his more caped thing. But then like, you know, if it's something where he has to meet with police officers, he dresses as Mr. Knight. And if he's doing more hand to hand uh, ground level stuff, he'll, he'll dress, dress as Mr. Knight from here on out. Um, cool. That continues into uh, the Lemire stuff, which is just all it is, is based on just what's real. What's not real is, is everything that Moon Knight it takes everything as continuity in the Lemire run, you know, and mm-hmm. nothing as continuity because it all could be just in his mind. So all of the Lemire run takes place for what we know inside Mark Spector's mind. So this is just a thought I had here. I wonder how much of working on this moon night, um, uh, went into some of Lemire's thinking in Gideon Falls where you uh, have yes. where you have a lot of like you have a lot of is this really happening is this not really happening so uh you know I that would be cool if we could ever talk to Jeff Lemire to say hey you know you you did this whole run on Moon Knight where there's this lot of a lot of this um uh uh you know is this really happening? Is this, is this a dream? And then, and then you do get a lot of that in Gideon Falls. That's that's a cool theme that's sort of between these two. And that's also just Lemire in general, because even his art stuff, he does that. Well, it's um, after death with Scott Snyder, that whole book is about that kind of stuff. Just questioning what's real and what's manufactured by, I don't know, either mental illness or everyone around you, which Moon Knight's all about too, because it could be, just Mark's mental illness, but it could also be a grand conspiracy by some villain or uh, the god Khonshu himself. So I love, uh, but in, in throughout, even in his Brian Wood run, Smallwood plays a lot with panels and how they work on the page. Uh, you know, this is, you know, this is basically an exclamation mark and it's great. Mm-hmm. And Smallwood was went on to this right after he would basically broken into comics with Dream Thief, which did a lot of the same sort of really crazy panel stuff, a lot of playing with reality, what's real, what's not real, um, who do you trust, who do you not trust. A lot of that happens in Dream Thief, and I'm wondering if Brian Wood was like, hey, you need to get this guy on Moon Knight, because uh, uh, right after Dream Thief, Actually, in the middle of Dream Thief, Smallwood jumped shipped and went to Moon Knight, uh, which uh, he was a perfect fit for him, especially with what he was doing on that book. Uh, mostly playing with just sort of like really photorealistic artwork mixed with these just wild and crazy panel layout designs. Love how the sound effects play into, you know, the panel design as well on this second page up here. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Jordi Belair on colors again. She does a great job with more textured artists. Um, the, her flats play really well with that. Again, more crazy panel panel layouts, really expressive colors from Jordi Belair. Really cool shapes created on both, you know, just it's almost abstract art, you know, pop yeah. art. Yeah, it's it's amazing. 
excuse me, here you see him fighting uh, with one of his personas, which he has to do a lot throughout the whole series. Um, this is, you know, the Mr. Knight fighting with Moon Knight uh, persona. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it is basically just him trying to basically kill all his personas so he can know what's real. Um, which, is, which is sort of, uh, you know, the, the mental battle he's having in his head yeah. is, is, is somewhat playing out you know, physically, um, here. So that's, that's a, you know, just sort of, he, he's battling all these demons in his head and then it, it's being represented on the page that he's also, you know, in physical, uh, confrontation with them as well. Yeah. And this, this one on the left is from the Lemire Smallwood run okay. on the right. This is from the Brian Wood, uh, Smallwood run. But again, just to show you Smallwood was not, you know, not shying away throughout his whole runs with just crazy panel layouts and cool ways of telling the story in micro panels, but in panels that make up one solid image, you know, it's just cool to see his composition. We'll have to do an artist spotlight on him as well. Uh, just to talk about his work because his work is amazing. Yeah. Um, here's more craziness. This is Lemire and Smallwood over here. Uh, getting into a very uh, Sienkiewicz here, yeah. which is really cool to see. Um, beautiful, again, but colors by Jordi Belair. She does a great job working with, like I said, just really textured artists. It's amazing work, very surreal. Um, each book, like the Maleev and Bendis book, where, you know, first issue starts with a, a twist that, you know, Spider-Man, Captain America, Wolverine are all in his head. Each issue would end with something like this at the end of it and it has been since you know there's always a twist at the end the warren ellis and shalvey run and even into the smallwood and and brian wood run and the uh, cohen bun run there was each issue was a separate adventure but there was an overarching story going on with moon knight's therapist mm -hmm. uh here jeff lemire's run is one one solid narrative throughout 15 issues, like maybe it was probably like around 15 issues. And then uh, you have, but at the end you have these great reveals of the next step in his journey, like this right here, him being outside the temple, but also it's outside of reality. Um, so, so this is, yeah. this, this painted image, this is, this is Smallwood here. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's Smallwood, even though it looks a lot like Sinkevitz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I do remember, and uh, we we may not have it here, but um, if if we don't, I will put it. I'll put an example of it. But like, there's there's a part where it gets really crazy in this, where Moon Knight is like uh, believes he's on the moon, like uh, yeah. fighting like like werewolves and spaceships, and they go to James Stokoe to like yep. do those pages. So they like they really play with the um, the changing timeframes, the changing worlds are changing scenarios by by um using different artists to to uh represent that in, in this issue or and i'm sorry in this series yeah so this uh the the second page on that is from the first arc of jeff lemire's run okay um but then uh this is this is from the final one of the final issues right here on the left where he finally gets to confront conchu and over here is from one of those issues in the middle Okay. The one you're talking about is this issue right here, number 10, um, where 
throughout that arc, that's in the second trade, if anyone's looking for it. Um, yeah, like Wilfred Torres comes on, Francesco Francavilla comes on, James Stokoe comes on. They all do a different they all do a different uh, persona of Moon Knight. So yeah, there's like space battles. Yeah, there's a werewolf battle. There's like uh, crime stuff with um, Jake Lockley, who's the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's amazing. It's one of the it like it, it's it's Jeff Lemire writing to each artist's strength, and it's really impressive to see that from a writer. Yeah, that's really like uh, one of the. To the interesting ways that you can do storytelling with 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 comics is to to change the artist to change the the style and, and the environment like it would be more difficult to i guess maybe do that in a movie um but you can you can you can easily do that uh in comics yeah and that's something i actually i remember telling rebecca after i was finished reading that trade was I was like, this is something you could only do in comics, is something where you switch genres and artists at the same time, and it fits in with one solid narrative. Like, that's just impressive. Um, Something really inspiring. I know uh, Alish Alish Cott does that in Zero. Mm -hmm. Each issue is a different artist, but it's still at the same time, you know, and it plays to each artist's sensibilities and style but it also um, it moves the story along and expands the world while also each issue feels different from the other one. It's, it's something mind bending, but again, like you can only know how it works by reading it. Um, yeah. Great stuff. Now this is the most recent run. I think some of the best art. He had a lot of other, uh, Max Bemis had a lot of other artists on there, including you, Bill Sienkiewicz returning to it as well. Oh, wow. Um, he came back and he did some stuff, just some little insert stuff and later issues. But this is from the first arc, which is really great. Um, Max Bemis and uh, Jason Burroughs did this whole first arc. And Jason Burroughs came back later and did, did other issues as well. It's a really short run. I think maybe 14 issues. It was really great. It was 2017 to last year. It's really awesome. Tells a story that, like, you know, again, expanding on whether or not uh, – you know, Moon Knight's everything that he knows is all based in mental illness or if it is reality. Mm-hmm. Um, this this page on the side is just, uh, it's so if it's based in reality, that means there's been this ancient battle between the Herald of Khonshu and the Herald of Ra throughout centuries. So that's what this is all about. And it's, it's really hilarious. It's so much fun. Um, and you have this character who is completely mentally unstable, but he believes he's the Herald of Ra and he has... He has uh, pyrokinesis, so he's uh, he can start fires with his mind, and but he's also crazy and believes he's imbued with the power of God, of Ra. Mm-hmm. And him and him and Moon Knight, uh, just like you know, uh, fights are great. Um, Jason Burroughs, I think, was fresh off of working with on Providence, yeah, um, with Alan Moore. So he brought a lot of that surreal sort of. Uh, surreal imagery but with like very clear storytelling to this book um and also it's very dark but it's got that weird whimsy to it that even like it does like providence and the neonomicon has you know not nearly as dark of course but it's it's got that weird uh like jason burroughs clearly has a weird sense of humor with how he does stuff yeah 
it fits with Moon Knight really well. Um, this is a great page. Again, just great layout going along with the legacy of Moon Knight, just having crazy action, but having it be told in crazy ways uh, with very interesting composition. Like you'll notice, yeah, just this great momentum here. Yeah, this is not quite the 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 nine panel um, circular grid, but this is reminiscent of it, where he's Very. you know he's he's moving from from the from the back of the boat to to the to the front. So very yeah. cool. I watched an interview with Trad Moore earlier this week that he did on Strip Panel Naked, where he talked about his stuff on Ghost Rider. Okay, and uh, he's not a fan of doing the like one one figure is. Uh, like lighter than the other, you know, like in classic Marvel comics, right? You know, where if you're showing Spider-Man leaping across the page, the one in the foreground is the one that's rendered the most. And all the other ones are sort of like lightly colored. So you can tell that it's just moving along. But here, you know, uh, the colorist and the artist trust the reader enough to know that there are not uh, like 15 Moon Knights fighting at once. It's just Moon Knight moving across the page. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. I always like to see that in books. And uh, earlier, um, Sienkiewicz did that on his page as well, which I really like. And, uh, you know, it's it's great to see a comic from that era do that sort of thing. And uh, that's what I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we did a, uh, I think we did a very good uh, deep dive here. We went, we went through a lot of stuff. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, so. Uh, I think we're we're gonna we're gonna bring this to to an end here. Um, do you have do you have any any final thoughts you want to bring, or do you feel that uh, going through these you've you've covered most of of what you wanted to say? I think I've covered most of what I wanted to say. It's it's great to go through. I love Moon Knight mainly just because of the talent attached to it over the years. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, if you read from the Bendis Maleev run to current run you won't be disappointed it's just good story and different stories too like yeah. i said at the beginning this character really lends from a lot of experimentation a lot of genre bending a lot of like just crazy stuff um if you're a fan of surreal comics if you're a fan of action comics if you're a fan of horror comics there's a little bit of everything in there Cool. All right. So I'd like to thank everybody for, for tuning in and, uh, and joining us here. Um, I am going to let everybody know that I'm going to post this on our, our YouTube channel, which is Constructing Comics. Uh, this was one of more of our uh, visually filled episodes. We'll definitely be sharing these images uh, on our Twitter, which is at uh, ConstructCompod, um, on our Instagram page, which is Constructing Comics. Um, yes, Constructing Comics Pod and uh, our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Constructing Comics. But if you really want to get the uh, the entire experience, I would suggest going over to that uh, YouTube channel where we'll post the, the video to this. Um, so I'd like to uh, thank everybody for joining us and we will be back uh, very soon with a, another episode. Um, thanks, everybody. Thanks.